Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about everything that has to do with Kirby from the beginning to the present. And today, we're going to talk about Kirby's Right Back Atcha, episode 38. If you have any comments about this episode or any others, you can put them up on the YouTube version's comments or send them to at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter. So there's only one news right now, and that is what's happening to the channel. So if you're listening to the podcast, nothing new for you. You're perfectly fine. We're still hosting all the places we've always been. But the visual version, the YouTube version, is no longer going to be on my main channel, and the footage for the gameplay is never, no longer going to be on the side channel. It's all going to have its own channel now. There's going to be the Kirby Dreamcast, or just Kirby's Dreamcast on YouTube. That's what it's going to be. You can get all the episodes there, and then we're going to have all the gameplay there as well, and then I might do some special videos as well. We'll see how that goes. And the reason for this is, we got hit with a copyright strike on the main channel. Nintendo of America hit us. So the fake Nintendo told the real Nintendo about us when we fought back, and we got a copyright strike. And it's over the anime, not the video game. So that's really frustrating. So there will be a specific channel for it, so we don't risk our main channel that's been around for seven years with 10,000 subs. And it's a good thing anyway, because it allows the channel to grow on its own, and it's also focused, so people will only go to there for the podcast, and any Kirby gameplay and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool right there. So we'll see how the, the Kirby podcast grows on its own, and hopefully it becomes the great thing, because I want to be the Kirby guy, and this is a chance to focus on that. In the future, it might have videos like, I don't know, like Top 10 Powers or Helpers and things like that, or which ones are the best games, which ones are the weaker ones. We might do a ranking kind of thing. Stuff like that in the distant future for the podcast as well. So, making it now, it'll be in the information what the link actually is for it, and look forward to that. So today, we're talking about Episode 38, A Novel Approach. In Japan, it was titled, Read It, Amazing Million Seller, or Yomuzo i Kyo no Million Sera. In Japan, it was episode 38, and in the US, it was episode 44, released June 29th, 2002 in Japan, and June 21st, 2003 in the US. From the title, you can guess there's a book involved. So in the episode's opening, Tiff is writing a letter to her favorite author. She loves their book, Pappy Potty and the Foolstone. The title's the same in both versions, and is in the English in both versions as well. So... Like, there's a book, you get to see it, and the book has the writing Pappy Potty and the Full Stone, and it's this little pink guy on a broomstick, and he's holding a stone, he's got a witch hat on his head, and he's got blonde hair, and he's got glasses. So he's like Kirby, but he's got arms instead of, well, Kirby's nubs. So she's writing a letter to the author of this book. Tiff writes that she wants to be a great author, just like them, and asks if they have a secret to how well they write their books. Tiff then seals her letter and uses a King Dedede stamp for postage, because of course that's him on the stamp, of course he is. And Tuff and Kirby are there too the whole time, and Tuff thinks it's cool that she wrote a letter, but doubts that the author will ever read it. Tiff describes some of the plot of the book, by the way, as she's writing her letter, and throughout the episode we're going to get more small references to the book, and it's just a bunch of references to Harry Potter, because of course it is, like, aggressively so you can tell this is Harry Potter. You get that in both versions of the US and the Japanese. They describe the plot as they're going, as Pappy Potties, but it's basically Harry Potter's. Neither are subtle, as they don't need to be because, well, obviously it's Harry Potter. Tuff and Kirby then ask Tiff to read them more of the story, and Kirby cutely sits. Then the awesome opener happens. Kirby's very cute in this episode. Uh, there's some things, though, uh, you, well, you'll see when we get there with Kirby, where he's very cute, but there's also some sad stuff and things like that. So after the opener, we see King Dedede and Escargoon dressed as clowns, and King Dedede horribly beats Escargoon. This was a segment for Channel Dedede, and King Dedede is laughing his butt off as he's watching it at home. But the laughing stops when Escargoon rushes in to tell King Dedede they finally fall into the zero viewers number, which means only King Dedede is watching his own stuff. 
So King Dedede is furious and they go out to investigate. What they find in Cappy Town is that everyone's reading a book. Even the sheep are reading the book. Escargoon says this must be a bestseller itis, which is his way of saying, like, there's this awesome book out, so everyone's doing that and not anything else. In the Japanese version, he says it must be a million seller, so I guess that's a term in Japan for just a book that's really popular. Well, they obviously have to hit the million seller mark as well. So yeah, everyone's reading this book and they're ignoring the TV. The pair spy Professor Curio, Chief Bookham, and Buttercup talking in town. They talk about how great the book is instead of watching TV, and in the Japanese version, they mostly do the same conversation, but there's more emphasis on how actively harmful Channel DDD is. Like, they know it's not a good thing. They know his channel's not great, and they just really point it out more in the Japanese version. They go to the bookstore to investigate next, and there's a big line. It's going way out there. But since they're royalty, they just walk on in. The bookshop owner asks them to go to the back of the line, but they don't care. And by the way, the bookshop owner is named Bibli. He's named Bibli in the Japanese version. In the U.S. version, he's named Biblio. And he's voiced by Maddie Blaustein, the voice of Waddle Doo, Professor Curio, Chef Kawasaki, and many more. They're best known for voicing Meowth in Pokemon, too. In the Japanese version, he's voiced by Kazunori Sakine. Bibli and Dr. Yubui were his only voicing roles ever. He never actually voiced anything else ever. We actually first saw Biblio in Watermelon Felon, but he had no lines there. So King Dedede and Escargoon demand a copy, but Biblio just stands his ground and says copies are for the people on the waiting list and that rules are rules even for kings. So that's pretty nice. He's standing up for himself there. So King Dedede says, hey, there's a flying giraffe over there and grabs a copy while Biblio looks away and runs off. Escargoon gives Biblio money and then runs off too. Biblio, however, gives chase because that's for his customers, but he unfortunately doesn't catch up to them. With a book now in hand, King Dedede gets to reading, but he starts getting confused. Escargoon checks why, and it's because there's no pictures. Escargoon realizes that this king of a whole country can't even read, and it freaks him out. This is weird since we did see King Dedede reading the Popon episode when he learned about Chef Shiitake coming to town, but after that instance, we will repeatedly have King Dedede unable to read. So King Dedede tries to hide from Escargoon that he can't read, but eventually Escargoon makes him admit he can't, so Escargoon has to read aloud for him. It follows the story of Harry Potter when he first gets told he's a wizard with a letter, and he meets Hagrid. But you know, it's the Pappy Potty version, of course. So they both get excited about the book, but then Escargoon stops reading out loud, and quickly reads the book and gets in deep. King Dedede gets frustrated and bonks him on the head. Escargoon eventually runs away, though, and escapes King Dedede so he can read in peace. He eventually says nothing like reading in the bush. Like, that's weird. King Dedede then starts running around town looking for someone else who's reading the book and hoping that they'll read out loud. But no one is, because of course they're not. But then, he hears someone reading out loud, and it happens to be Tiff, and she's reading to the other kids. At this point, she's describing the part where Harry Potter's riding a train, and he arrives out of school, and that there's an evil wizard there. During this whole thing, uh, Honey mentions that Pappy Potty kind of looks like Kirby, and Kirby plays cutely. But Spikehead angrily says Kirby to be quiet, and that the book isn't about Kirby since he doesn't know magic. Spikehead is a weirdly angry child. Probably because he's got spikes on his head, I don't know. King Dedede sneaks up on the kids to listen, and Kirby notices him and freaks out, but everyone tells Kirby to be quiet. So Tiff then stops at them arriving at the school, and she says she'll read more tomorrow, and Tuff mentions that no one's finished the book yet, not even the adults. So King Dedede decides to scheme. King Dedede gets in his royal car and grabs Tiff's book with the grabber thing from his car, and he says he's confiscating everyone's Pappy Potty books. We see him taking the books from everyone with the grabber. He takes it from a mother reading to her child. He takes it from Gengu and Chef Kawasaki. 
Gengu just slumps over in defeat because he knows he can't do anything about it, which is very sad. He steals from Chief Bookham, who says he'll throw the book at him if he doesn't give it back. He steals from Mabel, who says she can't foresee the ending, takes it from the mayor, takes it from Professor Curio, everybody. Dr. Yabui says he canceled his golf game to read the book. And finally, he goes and takes all the books from Biblio's bookstore. Poor Biblio. Lastly, he takes the book from Escargoon and says he's banning the book because he has a novel idea of his own. Oh my god. What happens next is different between the versions at first. In the US version, Escargoon complains to King Dedede that he can't ban a popular book like that. But before this moment, in the Japanese version, we get King Dedede lighting all the books on fire while all the Cappies in Capitown watch. Waddle Dee's stand guard as well, and a really creepy song plays. King Dedede says the books are anti Dedede, and he had to burn them. Tiff is really angry. Many Cappies are sad to, to the point of crying. Kirby's confused as always, of course. And it's obvious why the US version cut this out, because, well, we have a bad history of book burning in the US, so not good to remind us, I suppose. Then after the book burning, they go to the scene where Eskagoon's complaining at the castle. King Dedede then reveals he has the only book left in town, and he's gonna have the book read to him. We then see him summon someone from enemy, and it's the author of the book herself. He's gonna have her read it, oh my god. But she says... She's not going to just read it for him. She needs an audience. So why not turn the castle into a magic school? So two things to mention here. One, I should mention when Harry Potter came out. The book came out in 1997, but the movies came out in 2001 in November. This episode came out in June of 2002. So the Harry Potter craze had just begun for everyone. Uh, having looked it up, it came out in December 1st in Japan. So with how long it takes to make an episode for an anime, they probably started working on the episode just around that time or a little bit after during the Harry Potter craze and came out pretty timely in June. Number two is the author. In the US version, they only call her the author. In the Japanese version, her name is Rowlin-san. Yep, didn't even try to hide it. They shouldn't anyway. Like I said before, it is a Harry Potter uh, parody, so yeah, why not just not hide the, the author's name? So in the US version, Rowlin is voiced by Veronica Taylor, who is best known as the voice of Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. Japanese version is voiced by Kazue Ikura, who has been doing voices since 1987. Their first voice role was Kauri in uh, City Hunter. They've been doing random voices ever since. So the Cappies are outside the castle and they're angry. They want their books back, but they get interrupted by Waddle Dew saying the castle is now a magic school and everyone's invited to join and learn how the book ends and to learn magic. Everyone, of course, goes in and Tiff and Kirby go in to investigate. We then see King Didi and Escargoon. They show up and they're dressed up as like professors. They got like that, uh, that square hat that you wear in college when you graduate. That's what they're wearing. And King Didi says he's the headmaster and Escargoon is the magical tutor. Everyone gets invited inside and the castle's inside looks like the Harry Potter scene where it's the big long tables and then everyone, when they see the, the head wizard and they do the hat sorting part, all that stuff. That area. Midnight and his knights watch from above during all this. Tiff's of course skeptical of everything and then King Didi brings out the author and Tiff is shocked. And then Tuff says what only Tuff can say, and that's, All right, she must know how the book ends. She's the author, of course she knows Tuff. Tuff, I just, Tuff. Really, Tuff. Oh my god. Tiff asks the author if she got her letter, and the author says no. She has a warehouse full of unopened letters. She doesn't like fan mail. Tiff then asks if there was a special reason to write the story, and she tells Tiff she wrote the book for money. What else would she write? And Tiff sadly agrees. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like... Don't meet your heroes kind of situation there. The crowd then asks Rowan what happens next in the book, and she tells them Pappy Potty then gets introduced to a ball game. This is, of course, uh, what they call uh, Quidditch, 
King Dedede says everyone can learn how to fly on a broomstick for the game and shows them the brooms. So everyone rushes and gets a broomstick to fly. But Kirby's small, so he's behind the frenzy jumping up and down wanting to get one for two, like kids do. And Escargoon then goes up to Kirby and says he doesn't get one, which makes Kirby very sad. This in turn makes me very sad every time I see this episode, and I had to watch it a bunch of times for this thing. Kirby getting bullied is so mean, and it hurts me so much to see it, and it's just, uh. We then see many of the Cappies getting on brooms and flying, and then their eyes turn green. Even Tuff is on a broom, but you can't tell his eyes are green because of course you can't. Everyone's having fun flying around, and then they realize they don't have a ball to hit for the game. So Rowan calls out that Kirby's the ball. Kirby, of course, is confused, and then King Dedede runs up and hits Kirby with a hockey stick into the air. By the way, I forgot to mention, everyone is dressed up as little wizards for this whole thing. So Kirby's pretty cute dressed up as a little wizard. And so when he gets hit, his clothes come off, which is very unfortunate. So Kirby's flying through the air after getting hit by King Dedede. And then other people start hitting Kirby in the air. And he's just getting bounced around, getting hit as hard as they can. Which is just awful. Just, mm, that's not great. And then he gets smacked really hard by Tough, and then he's just knocked out pretty badly. He's knocked out cold. So everyone's been hitting him, so this is basically a baby beating. It's been a while since we said one. Kirby's eyes are X's. He's just out. That really sucks. At the end of all this stuff, we get a disturbing moment where we see Tuggle holding Kirby up uh, on a hockey stick. And he's zoned out with green eyes, and Kirby's just wrecked, and it's just, jeez. So during all this, Tiff is convinced it's a spell that everyone's under, and Rowan confirms it. Then we hear from off-camera the same voice calling them an imposter, and we see another Rowan standing there next to Meta Knight. So in the Japanese version, it's actually a different voice, not the same voice. So they had one voice for the fake and one voice for the real version of Rowan, and the voice actress is known as Yumi Toma. Their first credit is as girl in episode 28 of Dragon Ball, and then as young girl in episode 45 of Dragon Ball, back in 1986. They're still active today, by the way. The most notable names I could recognize is them playing Sally Poe in Gundam Wing, but they've done a lot of voice acting to this day, and in video games they have a lot of voicing as well. They're the Japanese voice of Ivy in Soul Calibur, Lei Fang in Dead or Alive, Fortune in Metal Gear Solid 2, Nina Williams, Anna Williams, and Lee Xiao Yu in freaking Tekken and many other gaming credits as well. They're in, like, all the freaking fighting games, except, like, Street Fighter, is what I thought, and then I looked up some more. You know what drama CDs are? They're, like, radio plays, but drama CDs. That's what they are, basically. And the drama CD for Street Fighter, she's Chun-Li. Guess what? Darkstalkers has a drama CD, too. She's Morgan Asland. <laughs> Ensland in that. King of Fighters 94 has a drama CD. She's King in that. So, basically, she's done a voice for Every single fighting game you can think of back in the day, she's been in it. That is astounding to me. That trips me out. The only thing she hasn't done is Virtual Fighter, but that's Virtual Fighter, so eh. By the way, there is a comedy CD for Kirby, and someday we'll cover it. So the real Rowan shows up, and she is understandably miffed about a fake being there. Team DDD, of course, is mad too, because he finds out that he didn't get the real author, which, of course, he didn't. It's Nightmare Enterprises. Come on. Everyone gets out of their spell when they she tells them that there is a game of, with flying broomsticks in her book. But Kirby isn't the ball in that. Everyone then asks her why she wrote her book. It was for money, right? And fame, too. But nope, that's not the reason. Now, in the US version, she wrote hoping to inspire people to live their dreams. In the Japanese version, she wrote the story because she wanted to dream. So it's a different version of dreams here. Basically, she pursued something she wanted to do, which was writing a book, that was her dream, and she pulled it off. And it helped her through tough times. 
She also knows that she had a hard time making ends meet during this time when she was writing the book. And this is the same as the real J.K. Rowling. So she struggled to survive as a single mother. She went through many publishers and a bunch of them turned her down. And then finally, someone finally wanted to publish it. And it spawned the giant Harry Potter franchise we know now. So good for her there. So everyone claps at Rowling's words and Kirby wakes up too. And then the fate goes evil and charges Rowling because of course they do. Midnight jumps in the way and uppercuts the fake. This is one of the rare few times we see Midnight physically attack someone and without a weapon. So the fake jumps back and reveals that they're actually a monster, duh. And Midnight says they're the Broom King. They then attack the Cappies with their army of brooms and a bunch of Cappies get flung around. Because, well, yeah, that's what's gonna happen and they deserve it because of what they did to Kirby. So, yeah, yeah, I'm happy this happens. <laughs> they are one of three monsters, by the way, in the anime uh, who's a disguise as someone else in the show. And the only one disguised as a woman is Broom King. The other ones are like Chef Shiitake, and we haven't learned the other one yet. This one talks, by the way, in the Japanese version, the voice actor is Kozue uh, Ikura still. So yeah, the fake is going to be Broom King. Makes perfect sense. And here's a weird thing. I cannot find the voice actor for the US side. I can't find it. I could guess it's someone from the main crew, but I can't find who it is, and I can't even guess. I'm not really sure who's doing the voice. If you got a guess, let me know in the comments. Kirby then eats a broom and becomes... Cleaning Kirby. Midnight, of course, names this form, because he's there. So the transformation is Kirby jumping into the air like he always does, and a broom lands on his head, and then starts attacking him. Kirby then catches the broom's blade with both hands like a badass samurai, and takes control of it, and a bandana appears on his head. He instantly gets attacked by the army of brooms, but eventually breaks free with a broom spin. He then blasts the brooms away with broom gusts. Tiff cheers, but Midnight says it's not over, and Broom King will give Kirby the brush up. Ugh. <sighs> Oh, these jokes. Broom King then blasts Kirby with all the dust, dirt, and garbage in his bristles. Kirby gets buried in all of it. Kirby once again is knocked unconscious and then gets beat over the head with the Broom King stick. So that's baby beating number two for today. Kirby eventually wakes up and starts deflecting his stick over and over again with his broom and he knocks him back. Like, it's a really cool scene of seeing Kirby just knock them back. It's really just like deflect, 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 and then BAM! After knocking him back, Broom King tries a broom blast at Kirby, but Kirby's broom blast is stronger. So Broom King decides to just fly away to escape, but Kirby flies up after him, because he can fly on his broomstick apparently, and he hits him with a broom blast and he explodes. He explodes. <laughs> Kirby then flies down and poyos at Rowlin. Tiff translates that she thinks he wants to hear the rest of the story. So everyone wants to hear the end too. So Rowlin has a replacement book sent to everyone in Capitown is what she says. That's what she's going to do, and everyone's happy. Tiff thanks her, and then Rowan recognizes Tiff. Turns out she came to the kingdom specifically to meet Tiff because she loved her letters so much. So good job, Tiff. In a roundabout way, you saved Kirby and the rest of Cappy Town. King Dedede then gets an autograph from the author, but he can't read it because of course he can't. Tiff tells Rowan she hopes to write a great book too, and in the end, King Dedede asks for a book with lots of pictures and hammers down Escargoon before he can reveal that King Dedede can't read. The episode ends with the camera zooming onto the cover of the book and showing Kirby superimposed over it as cleaning Kirby and the end. Like, because they show a pappy potty in a broomstick, so it's Kirby over that. So this ends episode 38 of the anime. It's not the best episode, but it has some fun moments and some horrifying moments for Kirby. It has a lower rating for me just because Kirby's sad in it, and that makes me sad in turn. It's just so weird seeing them be topical with an episode like this Harry Potter episode. It's like, wow, that's very topical. But it was nice seeing everyone in wizard clothing, especially Kirby. So next time, we'll either be covering Kirby's Block Ball or episode 39 of Kirby Right Back At You, 
Kirby's Block Ball is giving me some trouble as you need to get 100% to finish the game, and it is not an easy task at all. Like, my plan is at 100% every game, of course, so I can learn everything, but this ain't an easy time. Some of those parts to get 100% are not easy. I keep saying easy. It's hard. So, episode 39 is a very interesting episode, if we get to that one next. In that episode, everyone forgets Escargoon. Like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so that's the podcast. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are hosted. I had fun. I hope you had fun, too. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. Bye.